Hey friend, thanks for stopping by. Pull up the chair and have a seat. You know me. I've got some good Tennessee white pine burning here in the chimney, but we better enjoy it fast because it's hard to believe, but winter solstice has already come and gone and summer solstice is around the corner. But listen, hey, chill out. I'm going to run inside and get us a couple of cups of joe. I'll be right back. Hey, you're listening to Guat Dot Rocks, God, the world, and other things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. Hey, it's hard to believe that summer solstice is just around the corner, June 21st, 2022, which means that we are on a downhill slide to Christmas, which excites me. This is Season 10, Episode 214, title, Happy, Happy, Happy. Subtitle, Affectionate Dedication to the Lord Yields Happiness and Great Peace. Psalm 37.4 says to take delight in the Lord. The instruction of these words must seem very surprising and odd to those who are strangers to indispensable godliness, godly being defined as devoutly religious. But to us who are sincere believers, it is only the reinforcement of a recognized truth. The life of the believer is described as a delight in God because it is a wonderful fact that true religion overflows with happiness and joy. The secular person who does not know God and those who just give lip service to Christ never look upon religion as a joyful thing. To them, it is service, duty, or necessity, but never pleasure or delight. If they pay attention to religion at all, it is usually out of greed or fear. Religion for the sake of personal gain and profit or fear of retribution from the hands of an expected angry God. God allowed me to have a significant ministry to a people group from a polytheistic religious background in one of our ministry partner apartment communities. The people, from a cultural standpoint, were very kind and gracious, accepting of new friendships. The people group was immigrating from their own country with basically the clothes on their back and any form of money they might have. They gave up stellar professions and all of their possessions in order to leave the tyranny of their own religious system that had been taken over by religious radicals who were violent even to their own indigenous religious people. One young married couple graciously showed me their personal altar in their home. It featured a string of twinkle lights wrapped over a wall display of picture cards, which in our culture resembled baseball cards that represented the deities they worshipped. The husband made it clear that his religion taught that there are millions of gods, but he felt the ones he posted on the wall were the most important ones that demanded the couple's attention and worship. It was very makeshift because at the time they had almost no furniture in the apartment. As a part of our outreach ministry to them, we were able to give them nice living room and bedroom furniture to help them get started on their new life here in America. The husband showed me their altar and pointed out that the picture cards pinned highest on the wall represented the deities that he felt could cause him and his wife great harm and evil if he and his wife did not pay homage to them. As we stood there looking at the couple's altar, I pointed to the space above the evil deities and looked at him and said that in Christianity, Jesus Christ is over all of these deities and that he is good and means good for us and not evil. It was the beginning of a conversation we would have in that community many times over. God is one, and he is not mean, but loving. When the husband heard the good news that God, the God of the universe, is good and loving, a big smile came over his face. Eventually, I had the opportunity to share with the entire community of people the good news about Jesus Christ. 
They were relieved to hear the good news that the God of the universe loves them and wants the best for them and was not out to harm them and cause harm to their families. The people group as a whole were religious primarily out of fear and not delight. The thought of delight in religion is so strange to most people that no two words in their language stand further apart than holiness and delight. But believers who know Christ understand that delight and faith are so beautifully united and the gates of hell cannot prevail to separate them. Those of us who love God with all our hearts find that His ways are ways of pleasantness and all His paths are peace. And as we walk down His path of pleasantness and peace, we discover as His saints great joys, overflowing delights, and overflowing blessedness, so much so that instead of serving Him out of habit or fearful compulsion, we're following Him and serving Him out of loving devotion, come what may. So, our reverential fear of God is not because of any compulsion. Our faith is not prison shackles. Our profession of faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord is no bondage. We are not dragged to holiness nor driven to duty. No, our religious devotion and spirituality is our pleasure. Our hope in a real eternal future in heaven is our happiness. And our duty is our delight. Delight in true religion are as joined together as root and flower, as indivisible as truth and certainty. They are, in fact, two precious jewels glittering side by side in a setting of gold. Friend, I am a witness that my religious devotion to Jesus Christ has been and is a delight in Him. I started serving Jesus at the age of 17, when my home church provided an opportunity to serve as a ministry intern in our summer youth program. I just turned 63 at the first of this past June. It passes fast, let me tell you. For the past 46 years plus, I've been truly delighted in the Lord. Does that mean it has always been easy? Of course not. But I will not trade one moment of my time with Christ for anything in the world. My wife and I both have given our lives in devotion to Him. We paid a heavy price, but a price that is well worth it. When we first launched our nonprofit community ministry, Transform This City, we hosted a large gathering for several hundred people in one of our city parks in the summer of 2016. We called the gatherings Bringing Care Back to Car. Just previously, on March 1st of that year, a city police officer had been murdered there by a man who had just been released from jail, declared by the judge to pose no violent threat. The criminal returned to the city, broke into a home near the park, stole firearms, then went to the park, set up in the narrow but deep creek that bordered the park and proceeded to open fire. The first officer on the scene was gunned down when he crested the edge of the creek. It was a terrible tragedy. The police moved in with the SWAT team and eventually shot and killed the murderer. A side note, I had the opportunity to talk to the, the murderer, the man who shot the police officer's father, and I shared that in a previous podcast, but I encouraged him that Jesus loves him and the sin of his son was not tra transmitted to him. God is loving and he is forgiving. The park had been a central gathering place for a series of six apartment communities that were all along that same side of that major highway that passes through our hometown. The apartment communities were filled with people on the lower end of the economic spectrum. A day out in the park was a tremendous thing for them. The murder in the park cast a dark pallor over the beautiful setting. The fact that the park was walking distance to all of the apartment communities provided the perfect opportunity to reach out in love to the people in the community 
and give them a reason to come back to the park. My wife, who was in essence acting as the event director of the large gathering at the city park, suffered a real heat stroke that night while leading the army of volunteers as they served the people. Susan always takes the reins on the details while I move about the crowd, meeting people and sharing the gospel. That was the second heat stroke she suffered and has suffered in her life. She suffered her first heat stroke one hot afternoon when we were out on a long bicycle ride. The second stroke in car park that evening has made it very impossible for my wife to endure any kind of strong elevation and heat. But I can guarantee you that my wife would not trade one moment of her service to Jesus and her delight in Him for anything. In these few moments, can you look back over your life and testify that your life has been a delight in the Lord? If the answer is yes, can you list out a summary of examples that show your assessment to be true and not merely lip service? It's a strong question to ask, but it's very important. Friend, especially in these extremely trying times, if we are going to really know the peace that passes understanding in Jesus, come what may. I highly encourage you to take time to click the hyperlink in the show notes to Psalm 37 that will take you to the Bible Gateway website and their copy of the Christian Standard Bible. Psalm 37 is a work of literary art in the original Hebrew language, and it is just as much a work of art in the English language. It's 40 verses long and an extremely powerful encouragement to you on how and why you should find delight in the Lord in the midst of these trying times. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.